Japanese schools are modernizing. They're using tablets instead of textbooks. My kids have tablets and all their sheets and homework and, and textbook stuff is all on the tablet, which is pretty cool. It means they have one device that they can use. Uh, they abuse them. Uh, they watch YouTube endlessly and stuff. So I'm not actually a big fan of the tablet. I kind of want the tablets to stay at school. And there's been a problem with something similar because some students in a school in Japan left their tablets on their desks. And the teachers thought, oh, I'll be responsible. I'll pick up the tablets and I'll put them in the teacher room. And then tomorrow when the kids come back, I'll give them their tablets back. Seems very nice. One of the tablets, so they're sitting in the teacher room and the teachers come in and they sit down and they do what teachers do. They start shitting on kids. Uh, turns out one of the tablets was recording. Now I kind of understand both sides because I work at a company and I work in essentially the quality assurance part. So I observe other people's work and of course other people can be very frustrating. So I will often go back to the office and say really horrendous things about people. Now, honestly, 90% of the time, I don't really mean them. I'm just venting or I'm frustrated because they're not following instructions or they're, you know, the difficulties of life in dealing with other people. So I vent and I vent to my coworkers. Now, if someone recorded those venting sessions. So, I mean, sometimes I have legitimate complaints, of course. Uh, but let's just say I'm just trying to get the frustration out. If someone recorded that and put it out publicly, I very much would probably lose my job. <laughs> because the idea is that there's sort of a trust in that the things I say in this place will not leave this place. The things I say to my coworkers will not get out from my coworkers. They're saying the same stuff to me. And I also know that they don't really mean what they're saying. They're just venting. So I'm betting the teachers were venting. But they said... They started evaluating the students, started talking about the students, of course, and then that led them to starting to vent and start crapping on the students. The next day, the teacher takes the tablets, returns them to the students. One of the students finds a, let's say, three gigabyte recording, turns it on, tries to see what that is. Well, what is it? Oh my God, it's the teacher's conference room or the teacher's room or something. They're talking. I'm not gonna stop listening. I'm gonna listen to that. It's interesting. They talk and talk and talk, and then they get to the part where they start shitting on some kid. Well, that kid's in my class. What am I going to do? I'm going to send it to that kid. So this kid, who the teacher is crapping on specifically, stops coming to school. And it becomes apparent because this recording gets shared around all the students. Of course, it gets out very quickly. They figure out a teacher's private conversation has been recorded and made public. And that teacher's put on administrative leave. There is the question, though. Was this... So recording software. So I can turn on the recording on my phone, and it'll record. And the screen will go blank, and it'll keep recording. So I'm wondering if that was done that way. I would like to know when the recording started. Did the recording start in the classroom? Or in the teacher room. Because if it started in the teacher room, that meant the teacher who was holding the tablets turned it on perhaps on purpose, perhaps on accident. It's a very interesting situation. Did the kid put it on on purpose and then leave it knowing the teacher would take it? Because this may have happened before. They've left their tablets in the room. 
the teacher will take it away, keep it for them, and bring it back. So did they turn on the recording saying, like, haha, I'll record it till the, the tablet's full. That, that is going to be probably all night. Some voice recorder things only record when sounds are made. So all night, if there's no sounds, it just wouldn't record at all. What Was it on purpose or was it by accident? And then did they... Yeah, that's the bit I actually want to know. I don't think, I don't know if they'll, they'll get too into this. The students stop going to school. And I actually feel bad because maybe they're struggling for a different reason. They don't give what the teacher said. Of course, they don't give what the teacher said. Uh, like, I don't know if they called them stupid or, or lacking motivation or difficult. But that kid, you know, took it personally. Because it was personal. I can almost guarantee it was personal. And then... Stop coming to school. So I, I'm a little torn as to who I have sympathy for. It was a private conversation, and I, I can almost in my head project what I do onto those teachers. They're just getting it out. They're just venting. But then the kid, the kid doesn't deserve that. I wouldn't want any of the coworkers I have who I have vented about actually hear those things. So I understand both. I'm really, it's a tough situation because this is one where I have sympathy on both sides. That was a private conversation that maybe they didn't mean. I mean, it doesn't matter whether they did or not now, but if they meant it, that's a different issue. But if they were just like, ah, I'm just so frustrated with this kid. I feel bad for both the teacher and the student because the student doesn't need that burden either. The guy who created Sonic the Hedgehog, that was his big hit. Um... This is a problem because Sonic the Hedgehog is not a game I have played for any amount of time. I think I played it a couple times at a friend's house, maybe when I was a kid. So, But Sonic the Hedgehog is a big enough character that I know a lot about the character despite not actually being interested or playing those games. But what has that creator made afterwards? Well, he's made some bad decisions. And the story that came out recently was not about Sonic the Hedgehog, but it's because, of course, that's what he's famous for. It gets stuck in there every time. So Sonic the Hedgehog is now connected to the fact that the creator of Sonic the Hedgehog uh, did some insider trading. And it didn't... This is this, the ironic part, the weird part to me. It wasn't insider training, trading based on his own franchise. Like you think like if I make a, a franchise and I'm so confident in that franchise, I'm so f- confident in this next game that I do some insider trading on that game, on the premise of that game. You know, that's showing that I believe in my work, but he knew that a company was going to be partnered with Square Enix to make a new Dragon Quest game. So he bought shares in that game studio before the announcement Um he bought 10,000 shares at about 2.8 million yen, expecting the share price to go up once the announcement is made. Can sell those shares, massive profit. I don't know. Uh, the only other thing that's come out recently so that creator, he made Balan, which is universally panned as a game. So I don't know what to say about that. I mean, if this is the, the trajectory of his career insider trading and a game that is despised by most of the world he's got some pretty dark days ahead of him am i this is weird because the previous story is like recording a teacher shitting on a student i'm literally just recording me shitting on this guy right now is that okay i guess i guess if i'm making it public and i would i would not be afraid to say to his face 
you should not do insider trading. I guess that's not like a strong stance to take, but I'd be willing to say that. And I'd will, I haven't played Balan, so I don't have a legitimate opinion, but I can say like, look at the scores. Uh, you've made a weird game that no one wants. An Uber Eats guy delivered some Uber Eats. It's kind of the nature of the process. Uh, he got a low rating. So for two days, I don't know if it was in a row, but for two days he came back to that house, that apartment, and threw curry at their door. Just It's such a weird... Like the thought process, like, they gave me a low score. I'm going to take this curry that I have for some reason to their house. So I guess this is why I don't do these things. It's the effort involved I would never bother because I'd be like, okay, well, I have to get the curry and then go to their house. It's already not worth it for me. I would rather spend that time eating the curry or not traveling because I would rather, you know, I'll stay at home and I'll, I'll play video games and I'll shoot digital people to get my frustrations out. I suppose that's why I don't go on rampages around town. Like I don't find someone who gave the podcast a really low score, go to their house and take a tomato and squish it on their doorstep. Because that's how effective this is. It's not going to change. So is, what's the question? I guess what's the question I have now is, is what's the result? What's the expected or desired result? Do you want them to change their opinion? Do you want them to change the score? Because you're not providing better service. You're not improving yourself. You don't deserve the better score. You're just angry and you're lashing out. But that just proves that they're right. So don't do that. <laughs> oh, no. I wrote a poem. I just read the first line and then it reminded me of the story and I started telling you the story. But actually, uh, strap in for a new Ninja News Japan segment, Peter's Poetry Corner. I have to use Chung my beef chest. C. McBee's Ninja News Japan Poetry Corner. Low Uber Eats delivery score. Curry on your door. Do it for two days. That's how Takuma plays. Police checked the CCTV. Takuma gave a silent plea. And that is the entirety of the story. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to go back and re-edit that. But it's, I just want you to know that sometimes I put effort into my notes. And the effort in this case was a, poor, a fairly poorly set of written set of couplets. So you could wrap that maybe. Because I did do couplets and they wrap fit quite well. I don't think I have the... Uh, the beats right though, because the, the 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 length of the, the the lines is different. Low Uber Eats delivery score curry ends up on your door. Do it for two days. That's how Takuma plays. Police check the CCTV. Takuma gave a silent plea. Ah, uh, someone dropped me a beat. I think I'll do the news. We're gonna wrap the news. So we're gonna change the name from Ninja News Japan to Rap News Japan. I think we got it. I think we have a format that will actually make me popular. Uh, I have no talent or skill when it comes to music, so I'm going to need someone else to do the work. But I promise you, I will pretend it's all my effort. I suppose I should explain the poem. Uber Eats Delivery Score. So he got a low score. Curry on your door. He threw curry on the door. For, uh, he did it for two days. He did it two days in a row. That's how Takuma plays. Takuma is the criminal in this case. Uh, 
Police checked the CCTV, pretty self-evident. Uh, Takuma gave a silent plea. So when he was arrested, uh, he just basically said, I, I will reserve the right to say nothing. And he did. Back at it again! All right. Um, don't, don't get too excited about my new rap career. I was primarily interested in this story. Uh, you'd think it's because of the titillating factor of two women working at a girls' bar fighting, but it's actually not. Uh, there was a disagreement between a staff from a girls' bar a girl's bar is really just a bar where it's like I'm trying to find equivalencies to make it really easy to explain. It's like Hooters. The idea is that there's attractive women serve the food, but in Japan it goes a step further in that they I guess they do in Hooters they talk to you, but in in a girl's bar they probably talk to you more than they would in a Hooters. They pretend to be interested in you. That's kind of the the premise. A staff at one of these girls bars and a former employee of the girls bar had a disagreement. Uh, the owner of the bar had a great idea. He said, you should fight. I'll prepare a place. So he's like, you guys should duke it out and, and I'll, I'll set the arena. Uh, they went to a related bar. So he actually did find an alternate location and the girls fought for five minutes. I don't know if that was a time thing or just that's how long it took them to tire themselves out. Now, the, the crime committed here isn't the two women fighting in 1889 this is what as soon as this so the story itself i was like ah, okay uh bar ladies fight uh, that was vaguely interesting as soon as they threw an 1889 law i was like oh that's interesting in 1889 in japan and so this is still on the books it's the same law now they put a ban on challenging others to a duel and being the person on being present during a fight. That is illegal. So if I formal, so let's say you and I argue and we fight. Bah, 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 bah. That's bad. It's, we're going to get in trouble for that. If we organize it, so I go to you formally and I, 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 I assume take off my white glove and psh, hit you in the face and I say, I challenge you to a duel. That is, there's a specific law against that. And then I say, let's go over to this place and fight, and then you have your second, and then I have my second. Those two guys, or girls, I mean, it depends what format we're working in, uh, they are committing a crime for being present during our duel. So I'm going to get in trouble for or challenging you to a fight, organizing a duel, and those other people are going to get in trouble for being there. I thought that was incredibly interesting. And so this is a rule, a law from 1889 has not been modified in any way is being applied to this case of these two girls bars, uh, ladies and the owner of the bar organizing the fight. That's what he's been arrested for, which is in a weird way, kind of awesome. I read a story. I don't know. It's probably apocryphal. I don't think it's necessarily true that this student uh, went back into their university exams. And then in the old, old, old rules, it said that the university would provide a meal. And he said he would not take the exam until the university provided a meal, as was written in the rules. The rule had never been amended. So uh, they went and bought a McDonald's is the story. And so he ate that and he did the test and stuff. And then he failed. And the reason he failed was in the same set of rules, it said you had to be wearing a saber uh, during your exam. Because of the complexity of that set of rules, I bet it's not true. If you're, if you're taking the time to read the rules about the food, 
you probably would have read the rules about the sword as well. So I don't necessarily believe it. But I, old rules being still applicable is just inherently interesting. So I found, I found that story really neat. I suppose I shouldn't start a new segment until I finished uh, talking about it, but here we are. Do Japanese cops do racial profiling? <laughs> yes. I've talked about the casual nature of racism in Japan in the past. Uh, there have been six cases found in Tokyo after a probe. Now that sounds like not much, but if you take into account the way the Japanese court system works, where it's a 90-something plus conviction rate, they only say it's a crime or say it's wrong if they can 100% prove that it's wrong. So the six cases they found, those are airtight, no question it happened. Any any doubt beyond that didn't get included in this. And so that's basically indicative of how big it is that they could actually 100% catch six cases. Some of the statements that got the police in trouble uh, a police officer pulled someone over and said, it's rare for foreigners to be driving a car. Uh, I drive a car at least once a week in Japan, as I have done for the last probably 15 years. So when I first came to Japan, I wasn't married. Uh, I just took the train everywhere. Then we had kids and we needed a car. So I got a car, got a driver's Japanese driver's license. I drive not a lot, again, like once a week, but every single week I probably drive a car. I pick up my kids from Juku and stuff. So... I drive. So it is not rare for foreigners to be seen driving cars. And that is a, uh, obviously some kind of like premise that the police is using so that you could pull them over. I directly asked a person, are you half? This was one of my favorite ones. I approached you because there was a case where a stylish person with dreadlocks had drugs. So he's basically saying, based on your outer outward appearance, you have dreadlocks, you're very stylish weirdly complimentary <laughs> you are stylish and have dreadlocks and i heard that stylish people with dreadlocks often have drugs so i want to check you for drugs but that is racial profiling uh i don't know if the stylish part goes into the profiling bit but it's there it's a very weird set of set of circumstances it's complimentary racism like your appearance is so cool i assume you have drugs is a weird sort of roundabout way to get to it. A uh, police officer said to someone they had stopped, you've got sharp facial features, so I mistook you for someone from overseas or biracial. But the fact that you are from overseas or biracial is not a reason to stop someone, but that is actually the reason he was giving for stopping this person. The U.S. Embassy in the past has actually warned citizens, the American citizens, because the U.S. Embassy is talking to American people, uh, about the very nature of police racism in Japan. So that when the embassy puts out a, a statement like that, it's actually something that's pretty common. So obviously enough people were going to the embassy saying like, look, I keep getting stopped by the police. The police are harassing me, that kind of thing. The U.S. embassy put out a warning. Got to be careful dealing with the cops in Japan. They're racist. Uh, Japanese lawmakers, because of this statement, makes them look bad said, we're going to put out a probe. That's how they found the six cases in Tokyo and how we learned about these amazing statements. I have never been stopped by the police. I have friends who've had uh, their bicycles checked and stuff because uh, you actually have to register your bicycle in Japan. 
I've had friends who've had interactions with the police on a regular basis. So I've, I know it's happened around me. It's actually never happened to me. I always kind of wondered why. I was wondering, is it because I'm bigger than all the cops? Is it because I know a bunch of cops from judo? Because I've actually trained with a few. But they wouldn't know me. I'm not famous. Like you wouldn't look at my face and go, oh, that's that guy from judo. You just wouldn't know. So I don't know what it is about me. Either I look... If he, if he stopped the guy because he was stylish with dreadlocks and I am not stylish and I'm losing my hair. Stylish people with dreadlocks have drugs. I'm the opposite of that, so obviously I don't have drugs. I'm a little sad now. I, I think I might grow out my, what hair I have left and make some dreadlocks on the back of my head. Fast movies is something we talked about way, way back. Uh, fast movies is when people take a full feature film and they cut it down to about five minutes so you can get the experience, the main plot points of the movie so that you could go out and talk about the movie to other people without actually having seen it. You could watch like four or five movies in a row and then confidently say you've seen the film and talk about the plot points and stuff. Uh, two people were doing this. They were arrested. This was quite maybe even last year. I was really happy to be able to follow up on it though. So if you heard about this original story, that's what was happening. They were taking videos, movies, full movies, editing them to five-minute videos, putting them on YouTube. People were watching them. Uh, of course, it's copyright infringement. The two people owe 500 million yen to 13 different production companies. And I can almost guarantee there's no way they're going to be able to pay all that off. So I don't know what actually happens next. Uh, they've been convicted of breaking copyright law. So 500 million yen. So again, the average salary in Japan is about 5 million yen. It's actually less than. It's probably four. Somewhere between four. Uh, okay, let's just say four. <laughs> I, I've actually done the surveys, but there's inflation and stuff, so it's changed. The one I found was three to four million yen was average, but it's gone up a bit because of inflation. So it's probably, let's just say four. But I wanted to say five because it's a lot easier to do the math. So let's say that they make 5 million yen a year but you have to pay 500 million yen. I suppose that's split between the two of them. So instead of 100 years, it'd be 50 years each. Your entirety of your salary would go to 13 production companies instead of yourself. So you have to make more than that to survive if that was the payment plan they agreed to, but I'm sure that's actually not enough. All I'm saying is those two guys, screwed. This sounded more exciting than it was by the time I finished writing it. Because the more I, when I finished writing, I understood it. So NHK is uh, the national broadcasting company in Japan, and it, no one's a fan. You have to pay your monthly fee, and a lot of people don't pay it because they don't enjoy NHK. Uh, they've gone to Netflix and demanded that Netflix stop streaming its shit for... <laughs> that's what I wrote. I shouldn't have said that. Uh, started streaming its programs... Uh, 22 different programs that are actually currently on Netflix. And I thought, ah, oh, that's weird. Netflix is actually cheaper than NHK. So I thought that was the problem. But it actually turns out that because Netflix is coming out with this cheaper tier and that cheaper tier is commercial supported. So I pay less money, but I'll get some commercials in my Netflix. The problem is NHK is a national company and there's no commercials on NHK shows. So it actually contravenes the no advertising rule that NHK has. So I thought it was about money. I thought uh, NHK is angry that 
it would be cheaper to get NHK shows from Netflix than it would be from NHK. But it actually turns out that they have a rule in place because this is national broadcasting. Uh, they put on like PSAs and stuff, other stuff in between shows, but they're not really ads for products. Whereas Netflix is going to get advertisers and stick them in, which is uh, counter to the mission statement of NHK. So it actually, NHK, I thought at first they were going to come out really bad, which is why I was excited about this story because I don't like NHK. It turns out they're actually just sticking to their rules. And you have to have some respect for that, and I don't want to. An actor, singer, turned politician was giving a speech to the Diet. And at the end of his speech, uh, decided to promote his music. And it's gross and dirty, and you shouldn't do that. That's why you're not in politics. Uh, what he said is that, like, my new song came out on November 15th. It's called Casablanca Romance, but in Japanese it's Casablanca Roman. Uh, and he said, like, my last my, my song came out on November 15th. You should buy it. My last performance as a singer is going to be December 28th. If you can come, you should come out and see. And then some people started clapping, and other people are like, dude, what? Why are you promoting yourself commercially in a, during a political speech? It's completely inappropriate. So there was a lot of like, hey... Don't do that. Uh, and he, of course, he went back and was like trying to try to like roll back his statements. He said, "I meant it's my last show because I'm dedicating myself to politics." Except that's not what I said. I said it's my last show. You should come out. Uh, he's an Enka singer, and Enka is sort of traditional Japanese music. And you got a little taste of it at the beginning today, but it was before he started singing. So let's just pick it up. I found the sample of, I thought, okay, this must be like a rock and roll guy to like kind of be that ballsy and like throw it in his face. But of course he's an Enka singer. Enka is traditional Japanese music. I hate it as well. Uh, it all sounds exactly the same to me, which is the problem. But let's get another taste of Casaburanka Roman. And every anchor This is a good, good bit of culture. You get to hear what Japanese is. Turns out this guy, this is his last song that's being released. So if you like it, you can come to Japan. So I'm going to do his promo. Get to Japan December 28. Check the last show, last show ever of this guy who's going to dedicate his life to Paul His name's Nakajoki Yoshi. Enka always has those sort of like almost waves. Builds up and then builds up. They do a lot of like <clears throat> sort of feeling. It's supposed to be the hard hitting one. It's this is every single thing. Oh, that was the end of the song. That is every single Enka song that has ever been played in the world. 
I don't. I guess I don't like it because I. Yes, if I can't differentiate the songs, I don't feel like you've done anything. You're just playing the same song over and over again. Now this is a good song. You know, I actually since we're talking about music, I didn't have never properly promoted this. Uh, you can go on Patreon. There's a guy called One Man Symphony. He made a whole pack of songs that people could just use for whatever project. So I paid him like I don't. Know, it was pretty cheap. I paid him like $10 and I got this huge pack and I picked out just a couple songs, one for Ninja News Japan, one for C. McBee. Uh, but if you want to go out and support One Man Symphony, if you want to go out and support One Man Symphony, uh, he's on Patreon. He puts out a lot of music that you can use in your projects as well. I have started thinking I should get some original songs. I was thinking about going on Fiverr, do a C. McBee episode where I go on Fiverr and get some, I just initially went for rap, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, try to get the lowest rated uh, artists to make me some songs and I bet they're still pretty good because if you're just making music all the time I bet you even if you're not charging very much I bet your your talent is there uh, I was thinking about that, that I could do that over the holidays hit a couple people give them five bucks that'll be nice to give someone some money for the holidays I'm not particularly rich so I could only do like I was thinking like four or five people so like 20 30 bucks and yeah uh, anyways I'm not gonna play the end song again because I just played it but Patreon, One Man Symphony, go out, give that a listen to. Uh, I'm thinking about getting some original music for the song. So that they're my songs, because this is a music you could hear somewhere else, the, the, the song. I cut, I cut this down to like nine seconds. It had a very nice sort of news feel without being news, so I quite liked it. But it's not mine, so I was actually thinking that's why I want to change it. But uh, a lot of people seem to like the music, so...